0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Psalms 118. Psalms 118. Glory to God. TSP, your best is yet to come. Success for the Christian is not a probability. It's not. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and bright. It will get better. Amen. You're going to reach your full potential in God. You know, so it shines brighter and brighter till till the perfect day. Perfect day means it when it when the sun reaches its perfect strength. So TSP will grow from strength to strength and fulfill everything that God has planned for TSP. In the precious name of Jesus, God will keep us together in unity and love and purpose and focus so that everything that has planned for us we would see happen in this city. I believe this city is taken already. The city is taken already. Amen. Hallelujah. The gospel is advancing, the word is taking over. I said the word is taking over. Hallelujah. And in the coming days, there's gonna be a release of the supernatural in terms of the, of the miraculous that will burst forth just as we're in service. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 118 again. Hallelujah. All right. So I, I, I'm, I'm putting a lot into this. I mean, I, I, what is the best way to title what I'm going to say? I, I thought of many things. Okay. Let me just put, say it like this and then I will put everything inside. Is that okay? So this let's call this like a combo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, It'll come of many things, so it's just gonna be in many things inside. So it, it might not have a pattern for, for, for a while, but it's gonna have a pattern afterwards. Everything will mix inside you. Just praise God. So so I called I call this this is the day the Lord has made. That's the title of the sermon. This is the day the Lord has made. Hallelujah. So Psalm 118, verse first well, from verse 19. The Bible says, um, open to me the gates of righteousness. And I will go into them, I will praise the Lord, this gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. Verse 21, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and i become my salvation. Verse 22, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. You know very well that refers to Jesus, is that correct? Right? It says in verse 23, this is the Lord's doing and it is what? Marvelous in our Eyes verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, say amen. amen. Now, when it says this is the day the Lord has made it, we sing it as a song, and sometimes we even add another day. <laughs> but, you know, but the truth is it's not talking about a 24-hour period, it's talking about a dispensation and an error. And it speaks to us about the dispensation of grace or the dispensation of Uh, that began after the death and the resurrection of jesus remember it says the stone the builders rejected and it it was the cross was the evidence of his rejection because the reason he was crucified on the cross was because he was rejected so that that death and resurrection brings us into a new season of grace for the law came by moses and grace and truth came by who jesus christ come and say amen so it speaks to us of the dispensation of the grace of god it speaks to us of the era of the new testament which began after the death of christ because the only the death of the testator initiates the testament is that correct so so the testament began after the death of the testator who is jesus so it speaks to us of the season of the death and the burial and resurrection of our lord jesus christ come on say amen and, and 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 so that that's the day the Lord has made, and that's the day we rejoice in. And so our response to this day is rejoice. Our response to what God has done is this is the doing of the Lord, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Our response to this day is what? Rejoice! God doesn't want you to bow down your head, bow down. God wants you to rejoice. Touch three people, tell them rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in what God has done. This is the day. The Lord has made. It's not time to cry. It's not time to be sad. It's time to see what God has done. Come on, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stop looking at what the devil is doing. Focus on what God has done. Come on, say amen. And and, and you know the truth about what God has done? uh, There there is nothing new he wants to do. He has done everything he wants to do. When he died on the cross, he said, it is what? Finished. He did a complete work on the cross. It's finished. So, so, So Christianity is not what he's going to do. Christianity is the revelation of what he has done. So, so so, so, we grow as we discover what he has done. It's what he has done. So this is the day the Lord has made. And we rejoice as we come into the revelation of what he has done. This is the doing of the Lord. It's marvelous in our sight. So why do we rejoice in this day? First of all, Hebrews chapter 4. Why do we rejoice in this day? What makes us rejoice in this day? Hebrews 4 verse one the bible tells us hallelujah it says in verse one let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as it was well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it verse three for we which have believed to enter into the rest as I said, as I sworn in my wrath, it shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. And for his speaking a certain place of the seventh day, on this wise and God did rest on the seventh day. All right? From all his works. And again, in the place he said, if they enter into my rest, sin therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because I will believe again he limited a certain day saying to David today after say, a long time as it is said today if you hear his voice harden not your heart come on say amen the first thing I want you to understand about this day is that this is a day of rest the reason we rejoice in this day is because it's a day of what rest now Jesus said something he said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you what Rest. Now, Jesus spoke to a Jewish audience. People who were to obey the laws of God, the Ten Commandments, and the law to attain righteousness and attain acceptance with God. Am I making sense to anybody here? So that they'd that they have to do so many things to get God to accept them. You know, at a point even disciples asked Jesus, who then can be saved? Because if you're not wealthy at that time, it would be difficult to buy all the animals you need to buy, to offer the sacrifices you need to offer, to get God to accept you. So, so it was a burden to people. Am I making sense to anybody here? Jesus, Jesus even told them, he said, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, you cannot enter. The kingdom of God. So it's also the, the Jewish legal system was a burden to people. Is somebody hear what I'm saying. But you see, and, and they had to do, do, they had to work, they had to do and do to get God to accept them. But you see, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we do nothing, we just believe. And when we believe, we enter into his rest. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So this day, the reason we rejoice in this day is because we don't have to do anything to get God to accept us. He has already accepted us. Am I making sense to anybody here? It's a day of rest. So I like to say this to people when we teach this. I like you to put your back on the chair and rest. Uh-huh. Take a rest posture. Just rest. do so not on the edge anymore. Just put your back. Come on, say amen. amen. He, let's see Hebrew Romans chapter, Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four. Hallelujah. He says, What shall we say then Abraham, our father apart into the flesh, had found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 3. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for what? Righteousness. Now to him that walketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of death. But to him that walketh not, but believeth on him, that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Come on, say amen. We rejoice because in this day he has declared us Righteous. He has declared us righteous. What's righteousness? The ability to stand before God without any sense of guilt or condemnation or inferiority is the day we have put on the robe of righteousness. We stand before God and there's no reason to feel guilty of anything. Why? Because all of our sins were put on Jesus on the cross. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That we come now to God, free, freed from sin, Free from guilt, free from our past. We are standing in the righteousness of Jesus. We are standing robed in Jesus. Come on, shout, Amen! Amen. That's why we rejoice, and it's not something we accomplish for ourselves. It was something that was bestowed upon us. Come on, say Amen. Amen. Can, can I tell you something? That, you, that maybe I'll say it later. Do you know that we were not forgiven when we became born again? We are forgiven when we became born again.
1: If somebody hear what I'm saying?
0: So when we come, when we came, when we got saved, what happened was that we received forgiveness. We received forgiveness. Forgiveness has been accomplished already by the death of Christ on the cross. Well, Christ's death on the cross was the evidence of God's hatred for sin, and when He was punished, the sins of the whole world was put upon Him. Come and shout, Amen. Amen. So I stand before God now resting. Come and say resting in the finished work of christ i come to god now robed in christ jesus knowing when i come to god i come to god in christ come on shout hallelujah Hallelujah. The, the, the the picture of the story is how jacob and esau came to isaac to be blessed and the bible says and and god isaac said to i want to bless you esau um go get me the venison and come i'll bless you and the wife um rebecca heard that what the, what um, Isaac wanted to do, and called um, Jacob, come. Your father wants to bless your brother. Um, the prophet I received said the elder will serve the younger. So let's make it work. Is that okay? Uh, <laughs> so so how, so how we going to do it? Okay, said, so just go just go get an animal, bring it out, do the rest for you. So she got the animal, cooked it the way the, Isaac liked it, and then, somebody he will know. He said, leave that to me, and put the skin of the animal on on Jacob. And put Esau's clothes on Jacob. So he says, Now take the foot of your father. And Jacob goes with the foot of the father. And the father says, Who is that? This is this your son Esau? He said, mm. That voice is the voice of, of Jacob. He said, But come, anyway, come, just come, come close. And he came close to so feel him. And when he felt him, it sounded like Jacob. But it felt like Esau. And he blessed him. So when you come to God, he knows you. He knows you are the one. But he, he knows you. He knows you very well. But you have come robed in Christ. He that is baptized into Christ has put on Christ. Galatians 3. So he knows you very well. He knows you. Everything. He knows your weakness. He knows you. But because you have not come in yourself, you have come robed in Christ, you get the blessing. Come on, shout. Amen. We rest in him. Come on, tell someone, say, rest, rest. Preach to us. Three people say, rest. Stop struggling. Stop trying to impress God. God is already impressed. Stop trying to impress God. God is already impressed. Stop trying to impress him. Your fasting doesn't impress him now. Your worship doesn't impress him. He's already impressed. So the things we do right now are called reasonable service. I pre- said, Present your body a living sacrifice unto God. Huh? Let's say, well, I beseech you therefore, brethren, in view of the message of God, in view what does that mean because of what he has done what you are doing now is because of what he has done so your common sense behavior (laughs) having done so much for you what is your common sense behavior present yourself yourself, my brother come on shout amen so 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 it's difficult to present yourself if you're not keeping in view what he has done So, so, anything I do now, I'm not doing to impress him. It's my common sense behavior based on what he has done for me. What can I give to him to impress him? And you know, many of us came from families and backgrounds where we have to impress our fathers. And we carry that into Christianity. You have to impress. You have to try. You have to impress. You have to... No, no, no. He doesn't need to be impressed. Christ has already impressed him. And you are in Christ. Am I making sense to anybody? I have one analogy I like to do here. Give me that paper. Where's that my paper? Just tell me. Give me one small sheet of paper. No, there's too big, sir. Omar. Here's my friend, Omar. And her husband, ideal. So let's use... Who is the strongest guy in this church? Johnson, come. Let's use Johnson. I'm not Johnson for a long time. Johnson, throw this paper to that guy. Don't squeeze it or throw it hard. Johnson, pick it again. Throw it to him. Don't, don't ever forget what I want to do now. You try, you but you not still go. <laughs> <the epigean>, yeah? <laughs> now the pigeon here. Now Benia come from none of it. Try. Okay, you see, you see, you see. Can no matter how they try is not getting there, pick it, Johnson. Now, so, so this is that is you now trying. Eh? That is God. Now put it inside there. <laughs> so now throw it to him. It's even going over. <laughs> Am I making sense to anybody here? So so the paper is in Christ. The paper is in the Bible. That's how you are in Christ. And in Christ, you meet the standards of God. Am I making sense to anybody here? When I bought my tickets to Abuja, my this clothes didn't buy tickets. It was in my bag. I bought the tickets. This clothes didn't buy. But is this cloth not here? He flew to Abuja. What brought it to Abuja? What brought the to Abuja? My bag, me. Because I'm here, it is here. Where Christ is, you are. <laughs> Come on, shout, Amen. We have the gift of righteousness. We are accepted in the beloved. We accepted in the beloved. Romans ten tells us, don't go about establishing your own righteousness. Receive His righteousness. God told Abraham, sit down, another I'm going to scatter here today. God, God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, he told Abraham in Genesis 12 or thereabout, that promised to give him a son, you know, make him a father of nations. And then, it has not happened yet. And, that, and that's what I learned recently. When God speaks to you, he speaks to everything within you. There are promises He has spoken over your life field that your children will fulfil. There are things He told your dad that only you will come into. So His word never fails, because when He's speaking to you, feel He's speaking to everything within you. All your sons are filled in the eyes of God. Ha <laughs> Hey God! So, so God, God called, God called Abraham. And said, Abraham, I'll give you the land. I'll, I'll give you the son. And you know, it hasn't happened yet. They said, Abraham, I'll give you this land. Then Abraham made the mistake. He said, how shall I know that you will give me this land? You know, you know, because it's tough. The one you told me before, you never do. Now you're adding another one. How am I sure now you will do this one? You'll say you will do. So give me something to hold. So God then initiated the covenant. Now catch me. Don't ever open your mouth to say, I made a covenant with God. Stop it. Stop embarrassing yourself. The covenant is God's. God initiates it. And why did God do it? Because Abraham as a man understood that when covenants are caught, it was the end of all disputes and confrontation. So God came down to Abraham's level by initiating covenants because his promise was enough. That's why Hebrews says that by two immutable things, the promise and the oath, it was impossible for God to lie. So God now came to Abraham's level and made covenant. But you see, the way covenant operates is that in the Old Testament, you see it in Jeremiah 31, that we cut the animals in two parts and put them side by side. And both parties have to walk in the middle and say, may our fate be like the fate of these animals if we fail to do our part of the agreement. Then they have an umpire who stands to enforce they agreed, but remember in God's case, God didn't find anybody to be the umpire. So he swore by himself. But had an interesting part. So the two people have to walk in the middle. But you see, because it was God who was initiating the covenant. It wasn't like Abraham, they didn't come, let's agree. It was God who made the promise. And what God was trying to make Abraham doubly sure about the promise. So God initiated the covenant. When he told Abraham to cut the animals, you know what he did? He put Abraham to sleep. So only God walked in the middle. So what's your part in the covenant? Sleep. Your part in this matter is to what? Sleep. Rest. Rest. Not a passive rest. An active rest. Because Hebrews 4 says labor to enter the rest. How do we labor? We labor in revelation knowledge. For the word of God is quick and powerful. So, so we, this rest sir, is an active rest. We labor in revelation knowledge of the world to stay because to rest is hard. Yeah. Tell Abigail ah. to rest, make you know how hard, how hard rest be. Ah. Tell Abigail to rest, make you know how hard rest Okay, you're someone's right? Pigeon, okay. I just don't have been here, I do not work so. I've lived there too long now, so. Even when I travel to America and London, I had the thing, I say, people understand what I'm saying. Tell Abigail to rest to you know how hard rest is. So that's what we labor to enter because we have to stay in revelation knowledge. It will keep him in perfect peace whose mind. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. We are in Christ Jesus. I say we are in Christ Jesus. I say we are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. Number two, because of time. Not only are we in Christ, not only is the day of rest. Is a day where we are one with him. John 16. John 16. In this day, we are one with him. Oh, glory to God. In this day, we are one with him. John 16 and verse 23. Are you there? He says, and in that day, that day, the day of grace, this day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. <laughs> Hitherto, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things are spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. because But, the, but I will show you plenty of the Father. And at that day, you shall ask in my name. And I I said not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Look at 27. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and believed I came out from God. Can I have that scripture, verse 26, in the Amplified? Is it possible to have it? Amplified. Show me. Let's read it together, everybody. At that time, uh-huh. Yes. Say it again. Say it one more time. Who who is saying it will be unnecessary? That, what is what, what's unnecessary here? For him to ask who? And why? Why? Because the, the father loves you. The way he loves him. That as far as God is concerned. There's no difference between you and him. Yes, your, your prayer in his name carries the same weight. Yeah. Can, can I tell you something? To pray in his name does not mean to add Jesus in the prayer. I'm sure so Phil has taught you that. To, to call, to pray in his name does not mean to add Jesus in the prayer. You can add his name and not be praying in his name. It is said to pray with his name, pray in his name. To pray in his name means to speak to God as him. Speak to God in the consciousness as Christ. So when I come in his name, I have come to God as him. Am I making sense to anybody here? Acts 3, Peter saw the man at the gate of beautiful. The man who had not walked from birth. Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Acts 14, Paul meets another man. Same kind of man, not walked from birth. Paul looked at him and said, stand up and walk. And the man walked. Paul did say in Jesus' name. Peter said in Jesus' name and the man both walked. So, so why did the man walk when Paul didn't say in Jesus' name? Well, Paul not speaking in his name. Same authority. What was going on? Paul was speaking as Christ. Peter was speaking as Christ. So you don't have to call the name to speak as him. It's the consciousness that when I'm speaking, I'm speaking as him. We are one with him today. We are inseparable from him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. God doesn't see me different from him. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? We are one inseparable person. He, he, he's the head. We are his body. We are one with him. Come on, shout hallelujah. I say this everywhere. Headless body and headless headless, headless body and bodiless head are equally useless. Headless body. Bodiless head are both useless. Christ is the head of the church. We are his body. So the head needs the body. The body needs the head. If you see a head walking on the road by itself, head bouncing. <laughs> or head with a body. <laughs> but, but together, one man, and, and is that, that's the, what the Bible calls the corporate Christ. Christ is both Jesus and the church. The same anointing upon... Oh, shut Listen, you are so anointed. Because the oil that is poured on the head doesn't stay on the head. How beautiful it is when brethren join together in unity. It's like the oil poured upon the head of Aaron that pours down. So the oil poured on the head doesn't stay on the head, it flows down. Who is the head of the church? We are his body. So the oil on his head does not stay on his head. So the same anointing upon Jesus is the same upon the church. Come on, shout, I am anointed. because I'm in the body. So, all I need to be anointed is to stay in the body. I'm dangerously anointed. I'm wickedly anointed. As anointed as Christ is. Why? Because the oil upon him is what is flowing to me. Come and say I'm one with him. Come on, shout I'm one with him. Paul speaks of the oneness of the church of the head and the of the, of the church and the head and the body uh, sorry, of the church with Christ in two ways. He speaks of it from a perspective of a head and a body. Also speaks of it from the perspective of a man and his wife. So in Ephesians 5, when he speaks of husband and wife, Paul wasn't really teaching marriage. Paul was teaching Christ and his church. And marriage was the closest example to teach the oneness of Christ and his church. Say, so, behold, I speak to you a mystery of Christ and his church. Come on, say Amen. And that's what we have become that one person in the sight of god that one person i said like this when, when god god put adam to sleep and brought eve out of adam and adam saw eve say flesh of my flesh bone of my bones god put christ the last adam to sleep by death on the cross and brought the church out of him and just as adam saw eve christ sees the church and says flesh of my flesh Bone of my bones, Paul says we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Come and say, I'm one with him. You see, when this revelation hits you, you will pray differently, you will talk differently, you will act, you will respond to situations differently. We are not human beings trying to be spiritual, we are spirits having a human experience, and you must reason from the side of your spirit, you must reason from there. Come on, say Amen. amen. Romans, it tells us what. Romans eight twenty eight tells us. Show me on the projector. For those whom we foreknew, them we also did what? Predestinate. Show me, it, please. Romans. Oh, let's start from verse twenty eight. This this good. And we know that all things work together to, for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to what His purpose. Maybe when I come next, I will explain this to you. What this? How this is the ministry of the Spirit. But go back. To, to his called what to his purpose now go to the next verse for whom he did for no they also did what predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son now so what is being described here is his purpose so his purpose is my destiny his purpose my destiny his purpose my destiny so what is my destiny his purpose what is his purpose my destiny what I have, what my what my destiny is his purpose, and what is that purpose? We are, we are seeing it now. For whom he did for know, for knowledge he knows. He now predetermined. he predestinate to be conformed, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the pattern son, not preferred son, firstborn among many brethren. Say, many brethren. So firstborn means he's the pattern son. The pattern son, not the preferred son. Pattern son means when you see him, you see what the others look like. First John 3. First John 3. The, the reason the world does not know us is because the world did not know him. If they knew him, they will know us. Yes. So he predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son. Say conformed. Now the word form is the word shape and pattern. Shape, pattern, form. So Paul uses two words, conform, transform. Transform is to change form. But conform is where you make something fit into something and give it shape by that thing you put it inside. So what is the shape of the water in this bottle? Huh? What gives shape to the water in this bottle? Huh? The bottle. So what is the shape of the water? The bottle. Where's the water? In the bottle <laughs> now, now those who he for knew he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Christ is the mold that determines your form. When you were poured into Christ, you took the shape of Christ. So when I want to know me, I don't look at me, I look at him to know me. If there's something wrong with him, then there's something wrong with me. I'm going to nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with me. I might not be married. There's nothing wrong with me. I may not have a job yet. There's nothing wrong with me. For we are complete in him. So if there's something wrong with the, with the, with the shape of the water, I don't look at the water. I look at the mold that formed it. That's what the problem is, but there's nothing wrong with the mold, so I declare there's nothing wrong with you. And what did Paul say? We all with an open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, which is revealed in the face of Jesus. We are being changed into the same image from glory. The reason they don't know us is because they don't know him. If they knew him, they would know us. May this thing hit your heart. That's what Paul was talking in the Ephesians Church. That the eyes of your understanding be flooded with light. Now they watch match now. Most of them, they play the matches at night. And they are playing the matches. The field is, the field is like afternoon. The ball cannot be missing. Because of flood light. Paul said, may this light flood your heart. Come on, shout amen. We are completing him. He's the head, we are the body. You can't call the head Peter, call the body John. Can't call the head Agnes, call the, the body Stella. That's a monster. Whatever the head is, the body is. If the head is blessed, the body is blessed. If the head is anointed, the body is anointed. If the head is holy, the body is holy. If the head is righteous, the body is righteous. Come and declare, whatever Christ is, I am. Christ is holy. I am holy. Christ is anointed. I am anointed. Christ is powerful. I am powerful. What Christ is not? I am not. Christ is not weak. I am not weak. Christ is not sick. I am not sick. Christ is not poor. I am not poor. Christ is not defeated. I am not defeated. Give a shout of praise to God tonight. It didn't stop there. The Bible says, because we are sons now, he gave us the spirit of his son. Whereby we cry, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy. You know, I tell him in our church, there's different. difference between if you came from being where I come from, there's a difference between Papa and Daddy. Papa is the one that when he's coming, you take off. Papa is the one that enters the house, you move. He watches TV by himself. I mean, if you know Papa, I mean, if you know Papa, you know Papa, you don't you don't run to Papa, you run away from Papa. My dad was Papa. Every time we saw, we saw him, read your book, read your book. We're children, read your book. So one day came to our house around 5 30 a.m. because he was polygamous, he had his own apartment. So one day came to our house 5.30. 5 30. And when they came to our house, because we said, read your book, we carried the book, we turned it upside down. Read your book. Read your book. That's Papa. But Daddy's the one, like I'm to Abby. Daddy, she runs. That's what Christ came to do for us—to run to God. He said, "Even when you sin against God, come to the throne of grace with boldness." But that's not where I'm going. He said, "Give us the Spirit of His Son." Now, can I tell you something about the Spirit of God? The Bible says in John chapter three, verse thirty-four. Show me John 3.34 that he gave him to whom he got show me John 3.34, please. For he whom speak for he whom God has sent and speak speaker the words of God, for God giveth not the spirit by what? Amen. By measure unto him. So Jesus operated on the earth by the spirit given to him without measure. And listen to me. This now, 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 when we become saved and become born again and because of what Christ has done for us, we also have received the Spirit without measure. Because up till this time, up till Jesus came and died and resurrected, this Holy Spirit was not yet given. John 7 says, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. He was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Poured out. But before that time, we saw manifestations of the Spirit. So people operated by the Spirit but in a measure. So Christ was the first person who who was superior to all of them who operated by the Spirit without measure. And every child of God today has that same Spirit without measure. Now so you can understand what the Spirit without measure can do for you. Let's understand what those who had them with measure did. Genesis 41. Joseph became prime minister of Egypt. Because the king said, who else can we put over this business except a man in whom is the spirit of God? So Joseph solved the world's economic problem by the spirit of God. But in a measure. And you think you're only a so little to speaking tongues. Rebo, Rebo, Rebo. Robobo, Robobo. Hey, hey. Heba, Heba. Joseph used his tongues, his Holy Spirit to become prime minister of Egypt and your own is only to speak in tongues in church and fall down. When you fall down, stand up. When you finish crying, clean your eyes. who they cry? The sea road. The move of the spirit is not only when you fall down in church. When you get an A in your exam, is the Holy Ghost moved moving there. He brought economic solution to the world by the Spirit, but in a measure. Exodus 31. Show me on the project, on the blackboard. <laughs> Exodus 31. Exodus 31. Show me. I'm almost done. He said, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Next verse. See, I have called by name Bezalel son of Uri, son of all the tribe of Judah. Verse 3. I have filled them with the Spirit of God in what? And in. And in, and in all jack of all trade master of all. Next verse. And to design artistic work, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze. Next verse. In cutting to us, for setting and carving, and to work in all man. This guy was mechanic, he was engineer, he was tailor, he was police, he was lawyer, he was everything. Master of all. By the spirit of God. In a measure. Hold your ear to somebody. Hold your, hold, somebody hold your ear to somebody else. You hold your ear to one arm. One person. If you fail again. I think Holy Ghost do to little speaking tongues and be singing in the choir. You want to preach? Holy Ghost, help me preach this sermon. Yes, it can help you preach someone, sermon, but he can also help you get the best result in school. It can, help, it can help you be the best at the job and you will be taken from the background to the boardroom. Time for the church to arise in this revelation knowledge and take charge of this country and provide solutions that has defied all Harvard and Princeton and Cambridge theories. Come on, say amen. Daniel 5, one more about this. This is Daniel 5 from verse 9. You know the story the king saw. The king saw a handwriting on the wall and he couldn't understand what, it was, what he was seeing. Remember? And his knees were knocking. And you know the story. Then the king was troubled. You know the story. Verse 10. Then the queen, because of the words of the king, came and said to the banquet hall, O king, live forever. Don't let your thoughts trouble. You don't let your countenance change. Next verse. There's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the Holy God, King James says, the "Holy Gods," because she was in her thinking. But I tell people she wasn't all, all really wrong because Elohim is the plural God. Let us make man. Huh? So, 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 she wasn't really wrong. But that's what I'm understanding because it's also called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and in the, in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom. Like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, made him the chief of the magicians. Now this guy didn't go to their school. But he became their chief of magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and Sotias. Next verse. In as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting of dreams, solving riddles, and explaining of enigmas were found in this Daniel. This guy, all he had was the spirit of God. In a measure. And now you have the spirit without measure. I said the spirit is in you without measure. There is nothing that can stop you anymore. For God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all you can ask or think. According to what? That works where? So Pastor feel the power that God works with to do what he does in me and for me. is not with him, it's in me. It's in me. And this is the same power. You see, when Paul said it in Ephesians three, he had told them about it before in Ephesians one. He said this power is the same one he used <laughs> so when he raised Christ from the dead. When I tell him in our church, if Satan could not stop Jesus, he can't stop you. If he's going to stop you from rising from the grave, he can't stop you from being all that God has called you to be. Come on, shout! I'm unlimited. Come on, shout! I'm unstoppable. And finally, finally. Like a true pass, I'm sure you sure so you, you, you close many times when you're preaching. <laughs> it's a day of perpetual victory, compensation, and restoration. Zephaniah chapter three. This is a prophetic one. We'll just declare this and we'll close. Zephaniah chapter three. Oh Jesus. Now, if you don't, so if you don't know where Zephaniah is, I, I'm sure you don't have an idea. <laughs> you have no idea where Zephaniah is, right? Uh, no, you have no idea. It's okay. It's just before. Before what now? Before hey guy, right? Okay, like I will help you. Uh, page seven forty. The final three from verse fourteen. It's a day of rejoicing. It's the day the Lord has made to sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Why? The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He has cast out thine enemy. Not he will, he has. (laughs) The king of Israel, even the Lord is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day shall be said to Jerusalem, fear thou not. And to Zion, let not your hands be slack. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. He is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I mean, you just saying, God is so happy about you. God is excited about you. God is not angry with you. I him in church. The Bible says, For if when will we were sinners, Christ died. it know, says how much more? How much more? So the, the experience of his love, now I'm saved, is much more. If when I was a dirty, wretched sinner, still sinning, he demonstrated his love by Christ dying on the cross. How much more he says now? Romans 5. Come and say he loves me. Up he like they stop there. It says, "Oh God, I will gather them that are sorrowful." Somebody, somebody, somebody here tonight, you need to be, you need to be assured and reassured of God's love for you. I don't know what you are dealing with, what you are going through right now, and you are doubting and asking questions about the love of God for you. But God sent me here tonight to let you understand and to know nothing can separate you from His love. Nothing can change his love for you. Nothing, nothing. He loved you even before you were were saved. He loved you with an everlasting love while you were still a sinner. How much more now? Glory to God. He says, behold, at that time, it says, verse 18, I will gather them that are sorrowful for a solemn assembly who are of thee to to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee and i will save her that halteth and gather her that was driven out and i will gather i will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame at that time i will bring you again even in the time i gather you for i will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth when i turn back your captivity before your eyes says the lord now this is prophetic about what jesus did on the cross When all is saying, I will, I will, I will, I will, is what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. What do we say to all of this? What do we say today? Our sins are forgiven. He's not going to forgive us. I say, our sins are forgiven. What we do is to receive forgiveness. People don't like to hear this thing. They say they think we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are encouraging people to sin when we say things like your sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. So what are you talking about? Our sins are forgiven. We are forgiven even before we were born into the world. Because the forgiveness was accomplished already for us by the death of Christ on the cross. Can I, show, can I tell you something tonight? That it is this forgiveness that makes us fear him. Psalm 130, show me. Psalm 130. Can I show that to you on the... On Psalm 130, show me from verse 1, quickly. Psalms 130. Go to the next verse. Next verse. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Next verse. But there is what? That what? So what makes us hear him? His forgiveness. Not his, not threats. Not judgments. It's what makes us fear him is what? His forgiveness. His forgiveness. That's what makes us fear him. Our sins are come shouting, my sins are, my sins are forgiven. Is that an excuse to go and say, no! When you receive forgiveness, you are not drawn away from him, you are drawn to him. True forgiveness, true receipt of forgiveness draws you to him, not away from him. So when you say you have received forgiveness and you are not drawn to him, you have not received it. (laughs) Are are you hearing what I'm saying? If you have indeed received forgiveness and you are not drawn to him, then you did not receive it. Because if indeed you received it, you have only one direction to go. Not only our sins forgiven, our sicknesses have been healed. Now, catch this. This is this, the interesting part. It's not going to heal you. He has healed you. The same sacrifice that took sin is the same one that took sickness. As sin was taken, sickness too was not left behind. For whoever the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Free indeed means he doesn't leave sin. He carries sin, carries, carries everything away with it. We have taught these things in recent times and we have seen... Um, unbelievable manifestations. against sat in church. You hear know what I'm saying now? Her spine was burned for six years. As she heard it, I know we didn't pray for her. She heard it. She believed the spine snapped in parts. <laughs> Somebody was in church. His, her kneecap was out of place. She was hearing these things. The knee fell back as she was shouting. Why are you shouting my knee? My knee, what happened? My knee's back. My wife there, here, ask him. At least if I'm lying, she will say you are lying. Mary wife no she, married, she married knows, knows that she's doing not to pretend <laughs> you, can't, you can't add her to trick somebody she would, she will expose you <laughs> and I' making sense to anybody here As I, till last Sunday or two Sundays ago somebody was playing the keyboard he was hearing these things this time the was he jumped out Pastor, this blood was broken for four How I many years now? but now he's back in place I can't feel anything what on the keyboard what am I saying just as he took sin away he took sickness away. As I hear what I'm saying now, every sickness has been taken away. Yeah. Breast lumps have disappeared. Cancers are destroyed. Back pains destroyed. Restoration in your body. In the name of Jesus. He took it. He took it. Bible says, if he took it, I don't have it. He took it. He took it. He took it. He took it. He took, he says, I will, he says, I will undo everything the enemy has done. Child of God, everything the enemy has done has been undone by the cross of Jesus. By the cross of Jesus. It's a day of victory. Come on, shout, Is my day of victory. Not only are my sins forgiven, not only am I, am I healed, Satan has been disarmed and destroyed. Colossians 2, he, dis- he disarmed and spoiled principalities and powers, made a public of them triumphing over the by the cross of Jesus. Colossians 2. But the part I like the most is Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Can I see that on the board? This, 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 is my, this is my best part. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Show me quickly. For as much as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Did Jesus die? Did Jesus die? What is the implication of his death on Satan? Destroy them. Not make non-existent but make useless. So, so, So Satan is no longer a factor in your life, so he only becomes a factor if you give him attention. Benson, Benson is the hosta one hundred one. If you give the devil attention, he will give you direction. Write it down. You didn't see him. I saw him. I'm telling you what he said. Benson is the host of one hundred one. If you give the devil attention, he will give you direction. So Satan's not a factor in my life. I don't consider him when I'm making my plans. And lastly, it says for those in the place where you were put to shame, he'll give you fame. Instead of your pain, <laughs> he'll give you praise. Where you were put to shame, somebody hear what I'm saying. In the place of shame, praise is coming. The man of God feel God spoke to me some months ago, some years ago, last year, two years ago. He asked me a question and said, Wally, when you pray and ask me to do something. And it's not done. What do you think happens? Do you think the prayer is just wasted? I said, I don't know. Because I don't know why you don't answer us sometimes when we pray. Who has been there before? So, so I, I began to wonder, what are you up to? Then God asked me a question. Well, have you heard of my compensation plan? I said, no. He said, now take your Bible and study. And see that I have a compensation plan. What it means is for every tear you cried. <laughs> for every time that was wasted. God knows how to pay you. For your shame you will get double. For your pain you will get double. In the name of Jesus. When when God restores. Rest, God's, God's method of restoration is not replacement. God does not restore by replacing. God restores by multiplying. When the thief is caught, he doesn't replace what he got, what he took. He brings it back seven times. I me somebody here tonight. You're coming to a sevenfold restoration. There's a compensation for your life. For your shame, you will get fame. In the same place where you are put to shame, God is giving you praise. Come on, stand on your feet and give God your loudest shout of victory praise in this house. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash StandpointABJ, twitter.com slash StandpointABJ, instagram.com slash StandpointABJ, and on soundcloud.com slash StandpointABJ.